Many people are using the FaithFi app to help provide the wisdom, community, and money management to stay on track, financially speaking. To date, over 37,000 members are using its digital envelope system, participating in our community forums, and engaging in virtual workshops. And one of the most convenient features is the ability to keep all your accounts in one place for an easy at-a-glance view. You can choose from one of three options depending on your management style, and it's available on desktop or mobile. Go to faithfy.com and click App to get started. There are only four things you can do with money. The question is, are you doing them in the right order? Hi, I'm Rob West. We say it often. When it comes to money, there are only four things you can do with it. Live, give, owe, and grow. Well, today, Sharon Epps joins us to talk about the giving part of that equation. Then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Well, we're always blessed when Sharon Epps takes a short break from her duties at Kingdom Advisors, where she serves as president to join us here on the program. Sharon, it's great to have you back. It's the favorite part of my day today. Well, I'm delighted to hear that. Uh, you always have a great way of explaining the idea of live, give, owe, and grow. And you do it in a way that dessert lovers can certainly relate to because you describe it as a pie. We like to call it the live, give, owe, grow pie. And yes. the unique thing about the pie is when one slice grows, another one is smaller. Yeah. And that happens not only with the pie, but in the areas of money as well. When one allocation takes a bigger slice, another area has to shrink. Now, most of the world makes money decisions or cuts up their pie in this order. They live first, yeah. they owe, then they grow, then they give. Mm. And that puts pressure on giving because it comes last. God's order is different. And have you noticed that his ways do tend to be opposite of the world's ways in every area of our lives? Yeah. So God's order for money decisions is that we give first, we grow, oh, and then we finally live. Mm, yeah, that's really helpful. Now, how is giving different from the other three money decisions? Well, even though when we talk about finances, giving is expressed as an amount, giving is actually a matter of the heart. Yeah. And giving breaks the power of money in our lives. And so there's something different about giving that it's important to realize. And it can become legalistic if the focus is only on the amount and not on the attitude. Yes. So let's talk about the heart. There's three things. First of all, understand the purpose of our wealth is for giving. Hmm. This scripture was breakthrough for me. Second Corinthians nine, eight. God is able to bless you abundantly so that you can be generous and share with others. Mm. So the whole purpose of our wealth yeah. is to be generous and share. Mm. Next, we need to understand the purpose of the tithe. There's four things that the tithe does. And my favorite one I discovered in Deuteronomy 14, 23, back in the Old Testament, God said that when you tithe, it's so that you may learn to revere the Lord your God always. We learn to revere or to cherish him. What a joy. That's such an amazing purpose for the tithe. Secondly, it does help us discipline ourselves to put God first and give him our best. 
thirdly, tithing can be a meaningful guideline to help us as we make decisions on our giving. And then finally, tithing gives a roadmap or a pathway on how to give. That's so helpful. It really allows us to understand the heart behind our giving. Now, how does giving then relate to the other uses of money, the live, the owe, and the grow? Well, let's take each one briefly. Let's think about live. First of all, lifestyle decisions can actually hinder my giving. Hmm. When I have a lack of margin and time and money, those are my two greatest barriers to giving, according to research done by our friends over at Generous Church. And let me give you a quick practical tip. If you'll take the big three assessment at faithfi.com slash live to determine whether your living expenses might be limiting your giving Hmm. opportunities. Let's see if those are out of line. Now, let's think about, oh, we know that the borrower is slave to the lender. Proverbs 22, 7 tells us that. Well, when I've overcommitted to debt, my hands are tied in giving decisions. Mm. So my money has to go to the lender instead of the option of giving to others. And then finally, grow. Now, you might say, how can my savings hinder my giving? Well, first of all, savings is important. It's biblical. But am I relying on my savings more than God. Are there times when he might call me to actually give from my savings? So the bottom line is the order matters. Give first. Whatever is left until the last is going to receive the leftovers. And if you leave giving to last, it gets the leftovers. And we certainly don't want to do that. We sure don't. Oh, Sharon, that was so good and so helpful. I know we've just scratched the surface. We'll have to have you back real soon to do it again. Thanks for stopping by. It was great to be here. That was Sharon Epps, president of Kingdom Advisors. Well, your calls are next, 800-525-7000. By the way, you can call that number 24-7. I'm Rob West, and this is Faith and Finance, Biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Stick around. What if buying groceries, gas, or dining out could help change lives? With Christian Community Credit Union's Cards That Give to Missions, you can help spread the gospel, combat human trafficking, and protect vulnerable children with every purchase at no cost to you. Apply for your card today. More information is available at joinchristiancommunity.com. That's joinchristiancommunity.com. The credit union is an underwriter of this ministry. Membership eligibility required. As a faithful listener of this program, you know that there's life-changing financial wisdom in God's Word. And FaithFi is here to help you and millions of others learn to be good and faithful stewards. As a nonprofit organization, we rely on help from monthly FaithFi patrons, supporters of this mission, to help us continue and expand our outreach. Has God provided financial answers for you through this ministry? If so, consider becoming a monthly FaithFi patron. Visit faithfi.com and click Give. Great to have you with us today on Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West, taking your calls and questions with a few lines open today, 800-525-7000. We'd love to hear from you. All right, let's head to Minnesota. Hi, Tina. Thanks for calling. Go right ahead. Hi, Rob. First of all, thank you so much for what you're doing. Definitely for those in the background as well. Oh, uh, my that's question very sweet. today is, you're welcome. My question today is, we bought a second home and... Um, so the question is, would it be wise to start paying on the principal or is it better to invest that money? My husband is 64. I'm 59. Um, he's planning on retiring next year. 
It's a 30-year mortgage, and it's at 2.75. Okay, uh, so it's two and three quarters, and you said this is your second home. Uh, does that mean you have, uh, you're have free and clear on your first mortgage? Or, or excuse me, on your that primary residence? Correct. That okay. is correct. Great. And then are you all planning to move into this home when you fully retire, both of you, or is this always going to be a second home? It, this will probably always be a second home as okay. um, it is kind of big for the both of us. It is rented at this time. I see. Okay. And are you able to cover the um, the mortgage with the rental income? Yes. Okay. And do you plan to continue to rent it enough each year uh, to do that, to cover the mortgage in full, and then you'll just enjoy it, you know, uh, a few times a year? Or or do you think that that will change? Uh, The plan is to have it full-time rented. All right. Now talk to me about retirement. You said, uh, you know, it's not very far away for both of you. Uh, do you have enough in retirement savings such that uh, that plus Social Security would be able to cover your expenses? According to our financial advisor, yes. Okay, great. And what kind of surplus do you have right now that you're considering applying toward paying down this mortgage? Uh, probably anywhere from between ten to $20,000. Uh, per year? Uh, no, that's what I have right now to put toward it if I need oh, it. Oh, I see. Okay. It would be and a good investment. Got it. And then um, what about, do you have additional liquid savings beyond the ten to 20000 Um We have a fancy savings account. Um, and then we have our... Um, our regular investments like our 401k and right. um, the Roth. Okay, very good. How much do you have total in savings outside of those retirement accounts and investments? Uh, probably close to 30000 right now. Okay, so if you were to put ten to twenty toward the house, you'd be down to only 10000 in those investments, right? Or not in the investments, but true. in savings. That's correct. Okay. All right. And what are your monthly expenses today, roughly? (laughs) Um, Well, we don't have any debts, any credit card debts or anything. We do pay that off. So it really depends on how much we spend on going out. And other than that, I would say probably about, we don't have any car payments. So just the regular bills, electric, gas. Yeah. Maybe a couple of thousand a month. I don't even think we would spend that much a month, but yeah, okay. let's say right. $2,000 a month. <laughs> and do you normally have something left over, Tina, that you're putting into savings each month? Yes, but right now I am investing 25% of my income and my husband is probably doing about the same. Okay. All right. Yeah. You know, I'm not feeling the urgency to pay this mortgage off just because the interest rate is so low 
and it's a rental property that's essentially paying for itself. It was If it was your primary residence, I'd say, absolutely, let's pay it off as soon as we can so we can get rid of that mortgage payment and get your monthly expenses down, especially as you head into retirement. But given that it's cash flowing well and you've been able to cover all the expenses, I look at it as a business and just saying, hey, that business is doing what it was intended to do, which is every month you're building equity through the use of the rental income. And so I think I think the better question is what is the the priority use of this money? I think number one would always be you know, we can increase our giving. Number two would be just to double back with your advisor to say, you know what, do we need to continue to build this retirement nest egg up a little quicker than we are right now? If not, well, that's great. And then number three would be, are there any other savings goals that we have? Do we have a car that's going to need to be replaced uh, in the next, let's say, you know, year or two? And we'd rather do that with cash and we don't want to pull from our investments. So let's move that over into the, the car fund. Uh, do we want to take a, a big vacation that we haven't you know, planned for, don't have the money for? Uh, something like that. If all of those are no, like, you know, we've got all of that covered, then absolutely. It's never a bad idea to pay down debt. But given that this thing is covering itself, I think making sure you have adequate emergency reserves, making sure you are in fact on track for retirement, and then making sure you've covered your short and medium term savings goals, like my example of of replacing an automobile, those would come first unless you said, Rob, we just feel a real conviction from the Lord to be debt free 100%. And if that was the case, I'd say go for it and don't look back. So I know I'm not giving you a definitive answer here, Tina, but does that all make sense? It absolutely does. And actually, you answered my question because my husband is looking at a new vehicle. He would love to have a new vehicle before he retired. And we also are looking at a vacation we have never oh. taken. So okay. you definitely answered both of them. Well, I think that Thank makes a so lot much. of sense. You're so welcome, Tina. We appreciate you calling today and grateful for your uh, testimony of being a faithful steward. You guys are very well planned, and God certainly has been faithful, and it sounds like you've managed his resources quite well. So we appreciate you being on the program today. God bless you. Uh, To Indianapolis. Hi, Sally. Go ahead. Hi. I am wondering what the uh, best investment option would be um, for my child just to set up her own investment account to use when she's older. Okay. So this isn't specifically for college. This would just be to have it more widely available? Exactly. Yes. Okay. And the only thing I would consider is whether you want to keep this in your name, even though it would be a separate account earmarked for her and therefore you can control when she gets access to it, or you want to go ahead and put it in her name in a custodial account. The only thing you just need to be aware of there is that, uh, you know, at the age of majority in your state, typically 18, it's her asset. She wants to buy a sports car. She can. So which do you feel like would be the better option? Um, the, the first option. So I would okay. keep it in my name. How, how would I include her in that? Though? Yeah. So basically you would just have it in your name individually, or if you wanted to do joint with your husband, if you're married, um, then you could do that, but you would have it in a completely separate account. Legally, it's your asset, not hers, but you all would just know that you've earmarked this money for her. And then, um, you've got a couple of options in terms of how the, how to approach the investments. Um, if you want to really help her learn about investing, one approach would be to say, I want you to go out and pick the companies that you'd like to invest in. 
They may or may not be the best ones. I mean, you want to make sure they align with your values, but in terms of performance, they may not or may or may not be the best, but it allows her to take an interest in it and to start to uh, watch the companies and see how they're doing to learn how investing works. The other option is through probably a robo-advisor that's going to build a diversified portfolio. So let's do this. I'm going to give you both of those options, but I've got to hit a break. So we'll do that offline. You stay on the line and we'll talk a bit more off the air. I'm Rob West. You're listening to Faith and Finance, and we'll have more of your calls and questions on the other side of this break. We are grateful for support from Sound Mind Investing in the Faith and Finance program. For more than 30 years, they've been helping Christians reach their financial goals with step-by-step guidance for investors at every stage, from those just getting started to those getting ready for retirement. Through scriptural principles and practical suggestions, SMI offers financial wisdom for living well. More information, including the short video webinar on profit and peace of mind, no matter what's happening in the market, is available at soundmindinvesting.org. My grocery bill went up 11% this year. Gas, utilities, rent, all went up. But my paycheck, the same. I also pay for my own health care, a huge expense. A friend recommended Christian Healthcare Ministries as an option to insurance. And CHM helps pay for medical needs while allowing some breathing room in my budget. Open enrollment is here, so make the switch today with potential cost savings up to 40%. Christian Healthcare Ministries at chministries.org slash faithby. You're listening to Faith and Finance, where we talk about how we handle God's resources. How are you using God's resources? We're talking about it, and the lines are open to take your calls and questions. 800-525-7000 is the number to call. Let's head to Pennsylvania. Hi, Kevin. Go right ahead. Hi. uh, Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I uh, just had to uh, retire um, early. I'm only 58. I had to retire uh, due to uh, medical reasons, um, and it came as quite a shock. Um, the situation with us is we don't have anything saved for retirement, um, but I will receive a state pension, and I do receive disability um, from the Veterans Administration, and I'm trying to get a disability pension. If I get that, then I'll uh, get my pension at the normal retirement rate. Um, but if not, even with the reduced rate, I would still be at the income level I am now, like when I was working. Um, and then uh, won't you know be able to collect Social Security till I'm 62. But my wife now, she is 61, and she'll be 62 in December. And she has a teacher's pension, and then she'd be able to draw social security. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm just worried about our situation. I do have a 503B. There's not much in it. And I was considering just taking a lump sum uh, because then I can pay off my truck and that's $300 monthly payment that's gone. And I'm going to save about $300 a month in uh, commuting costs from not going to work. So uh, just looking for your advice. Yeah. Well, I think the starting point is to kind of lock into your spending plan. What does it take for you to fund your lifestyle every month in retirement? And then look at the income sources you have, which prior to take social, taking Social Security is, I guess, only the pension. Is that what I'm hearing? 
plus potentially the 403B? Well, I have the pension. Um, the 403B I was going to take as a lump sum to get the truck paid off. And then I receive uh, VA disability uh, compensation each month. And okay. with just the VA disability and the pension, it'll put me at my current income level. Okay. So that won't decrease. All right. And so you've got, uh, you've got the income and obviously at some point down the road, and I'd wait as long as you can, once you and your wife start collecting social security, uh, plus her teacher's retirement, and you're saying she's eligible for both teacher's retirement and social security. Is that right? Yes. Because with our pensions, we both paid into social security. Okay. So um, if you can cover your bills through your disability and your pension, then that's key. And then you'll just add more income as you take Social Security. So I'd delay that as long as you can. Uh, How much do you owe on the truck? Um, about $3,000. So that'll pay that completely okay. off. And yeah. that's, so that's great. Months, so. Yeah. So just, that'll be taxable, but, uh, that makes sense. That'll further reduce your monthly lifestyle expenses. And I think you're in, in pretty good shape there. I mean, you've got guaranteed income and it's only going up. So I would uh, hold off on that social security as long as you can, because you're going to take a uh, 30% haircut plus if you take it at 62 versus full retirement age every month or every year you wait, you'll add 8% up to your full benefit. Hopefully that's helpful to you, Kevin. Thanks for calling today, my friend. God bless you. Uh, To Maryland. Hi, Ann. Go ahead. Hey, I have a question about investing. Uh, uh, My husband passed away last year, and I had never handled much of the finances. So, But now I have a significant amount that I need to invest. And I've heard you talking about the CKA advisors, and I've gone online and looked at them. And uh, one of them close to me, in fact, I have talked to on the phone, uh, works with Mer- Mer- uh, Merrill Lynch and yes, Bank of America, yes. and but there's uh, another one or two that works, I guess, with private or personal whatever companies, investment okay. companies. Yes. Is there a preference between the two? Does does working with one one with Merrill Lynch limit where my fund to yeah. be invested or? Yes. Uh, It's a great question, and I'm delighted to hear that you're interviewing at least one CKA and considering others. Uh, I don't have a preference on whether that CKA is with Merrill Lynch or an independent firm. In both cases, including the Merrill Lynch option, that advisor would basically have uh, a full range of investments. It wouldn't just be proprietary investments. They'd be able to essentially buy any stock bond or mutual fund that you could possibly want, and they would build a portfolio that would make sense uh, based on your goals and objectives. So I think the key is finding the advisor that you feel like you have a good match with just in terms of temperament, how they're going to communicate with you, whether or not you fit into their target client and you'd be working directly with them, the fee schedule and experience, those kinds of things, whether they're with Merrill or, you know, John Doe Financial Services or Ameriprise, that's not really of a concern to me. I think the main thing is that you've interviewed a few and you find the one that you just really feel like is the best fit for you. Uh, to Idaho. Hi, Jesse. Go ahead. Hi, Rob. Um, I was recently, uh, well, back in January, I came into some serious health complications, um, which left me with sepsis and ongoing neurological issues. Because of that, um, I have been able to continue my uh, toy business uh, that I've been running for years. 
uh, term life insurance agent contacted me and told me to apply for the monthly uh, waiver policy waiver um, since I'm, I'm I'm unable to work right now. Um, he also said that there was a built-in policy in in mine uh, that states if I am unable to work, uh, I can actually cash out my term policy. Um, and he said it would be the amount of six to seven figures um, would be the full amount of my policy. I don't know if that's something I should pursue, if I should just leave it alone. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, this is a complicated issue. I'm sorry to hear about your health status. Um, I would certainly look into it. Is this death benefit needed if the Lord were to call you home? And none of us know how many days or hours we have left. So if he were to call you home tomorrow, you know, is this provided, needed um, uh, death benefit for a loved one that's depending on your income? Yeah, my husband and my children. Okay. Um, and I'm only 38, so that's, okay. you know. Yeah. yeah. And how, how many years do you have left on this term policy? Um, that I would have to look further into. I think okay. it does shut off a, a couple decades from now, but it does eventually. Okay. Yeah, I would, and it was, is it the life insurance agent that sold this to you that's recommending it or someone else? Yes, it's the agent that we got it from. Okay, yeah. I would sit down and look at that, and then I'd probably get a second opinion on it as well from a certified kingdom advisor. Let's do this. Uh, I'm out of time, but stay on the line. We'll talk a bit more off the air, and uh, we'll go from there. Thanks for your call today. Well, that does it for us today. I'm Rob West. Thanks to our amazing production team and to you for listening. I hope you'll join us again next time right here on Faith and Finance. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.